This is Game Level Learn, a podcast for parents, students, teachers, school administrators, professors, and anyone else interested in game-based learning and gamification in education from kindergarten to adulthood. Join us as we discuss card games, board games, tabletop role-playing games, and video games, and how those games and their mechanics can be used to transform teaching and learning. My name is John Cassie, and this is the Game Level Learn Podcast, Season 4, Season 3, Episode 4. Episode 4, but Season 3. Episode 4, but Season 3. You heard uh, in the uh, on the other track there, my dear friend and co-host. Tracy Wozenegger. Hey, Trace. Hi. How's it going? It's going. School it's started. Going. Yeah, school has started. Woo! Yeah, we are That's back in business. That's the enthusiasm in our voices. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, we are... Uh, Tracy's uh, Tracy's school in Pittsburgh started uh, a few days ago, and my school in Southern California started a few weeks ago. So we're yes. we're, we're we're back in business, doing the uh, doing the uh, doing, doing the real the work stuff, doing the real work, being tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah being tired. Good grief, yeah. right? Yeah, it's always yeah. quite the shock to the system to go back to school. Right. Yeah. Suddenly, um, you have to put pants on. Right. Right. You have to yeah. go in public, interact with other people. Right. You got to get your makeup on. Yeah. Got to get so, your hairs did. It's been 90 degrees in Pittsburgh. Oh, God bless. Super hot. 95% humidity. Oh, God. So. Deadly. I, don't know, I, I can't speak for all the makeup wearers in the world, but no. Yeah, right. Not going to happen. <laughs> The last thing I need is another thing on my body right. in a hundred in a hundred percent humidity. Thanks, no. Right, hex hex to the no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. I totally get that. Uh, my my memory of living in Pittsburgh was that, uh, like the Saturday after the first week, you kind of got a break from that humidity, and then it became lovely. Not happening no. so far. No. 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 Oh, sympathy. Sorry. A lot of the schools. Um, in Pittsburgh this week let kids out early. Wow. Schools that didn't have air conditioning and stuff were like sure. dismissing kids two hours early. Ooh. It's brutally hot here. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Pittsburgh is lovely. One of my favorite places in the whole world. Yeah. But when you've got that heat and that humidity, it is murder. No. Nope. Murder. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enough of that, right? Yeah. Um, so, Tracy, we're talking uh, about role-playing and role-playing mechanics in the gamified classroom yes and uh on uh this episode episode four we're talking about now that we've got characters and avatars and we've got stats and we've got skills we've got people who are playing characters right or people who are repre- being represented by avatars okay now we're talking about the gaming party the adventuring party and the individual okay how do I, as a character, fit into the party? How does the party fit into the individual? Right. You know, How what does is the, the party support the individual? Right, yes. right, right. And you and I, and I don't think we've ever explicitly stated, no, I think you have explicitly stated this thesis before. In, for all intents and purposes, teachers are already game masters. Yes. They just don't always One, know it. 100%. They don't know that they're a game master, maybe, if they don't play role-playing games, but they're doing the work of a game master all the time. Right. They are uh, they are managing the flow of information. They are setting the pace. They are yeah. adjusting when players go off course or make a decision that you weren't expecting. Right. They are rolling with unanticipated uh, uh, decisions. They are redirecting. They are uh, they are putting groups together. Right. They're shuffling groups. Right. They're, they're mediating. Making sh- they're making sure that every player gets a chance to play. Right. They're mediating conflict. Right. Right. They are applying the rules of the game to the unique circumstances that they find themselves in. Right. Right. And of course, the, the way that different teachers, as it were, 
create classroom rules and emphasize different things is one of the reasons why, you know, if you're if you're me and you're giving, you know, uh, families academic advising advice and they're like, I gee, I really want to have Ms. Wozenegger again. I'm like, she's dynamite. But what you really need is to have another teacher so that you get a sense of the other teacher's unique interpretation of the rules, right. so to speak, right. Right? right? So that you're very well trained for when you become a university student or, you know, when right. you go out into the workplace, right? It's like, right. oh, I, I get how this supervisor thinks. They think very much like my 11th grade biology teacher. Okay. <laughs> that kind of wasn't my jam, but at least I know how to do. But I know how to work in that environment. Right. Now. I know how to do that. Right. 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 And- you know the the game master is 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 helping to tell the story, right? The interstitial bits, right? Oh, okay, that's a really great question about this uh, about this piece of literature. It suggests to me that this other thing that we're not going to read, you might be really interested yeah. in, yeah, right? So I'm going to give this thing to you to read as like extended reading. I might call that a side quest. A side quest, exactly. <laughs> yeah. right? you know, uh, I had a I had a student in my. I, I'm teaching English now. It's 15 years ago, right? In my uh, 10th grade English class, and we're doing fairly standard uh, kind of ancient epics and stuff like that. We're doing we do the Odyssey, we do Ooh. Beowulf, we do Macbeth, we do a bunch of stuff, right? And there was a student. Beowulf is really really hard. Okay. Okay. Um, it's hard to teach in high school because its ideas are a, a little inaccessible. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's got a very kind of Nordic, you know, imaginative framework, and the language is a little hard. Okay. So whatever, right? Um, I had a student who was one, totally into it, and got it. The way that the way that I'd expect sort of an adult to get it. Okay. Okay. So I said, all right, well, if you like this, and I gave him an Icelandic saga, okay, the Icelanders write the same way that these kind of old English people write. Okay. They're writing at more or less the same time, similar kind of vein, right? He ate that up like it was going out yeah. of style. Side quests, right? Side quests. He knew. And I wouldn't have ever read them in class because they'd be way harder than Beowulf, right? So that's what a game master is doing, right? All the time. Right. And that's what a teacher is doing, right? Um, we often talk, uh, you know, in, in uh, when I'm working with faculty about building effective groups. Yeah. You Teachers know, talk about that all the time. Yeah, that is really sort I of. I feel like I, I feel like we spend a lot of time. How do you group the students in your class? Yeah. You know, what different ways do you use? Right, right. How many is too many? Right. Right. You know, do you consider two a group? Right. Right. Is a pair a group? Right. Um, what do you think the ideal group number for collaborative learning is, Trace? I, I really think it depends on what the activity is. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, I do, um, because I'm a chemistry teacher, lab a lot. Right. And I think two, two is perfect for doing labs. Yep. Um, most of the labs that are, are designed is just enough work for two people, sometimes three people, but usually that leaves one person sort of standing around and watching. Right, which um, you don't want because you want students you want. practicing – Right. 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 Um, for other things, you know, I, I um, am the house dean, a house dean at my school. Um, we have houses similar to Harry Potter. Yep. And I have a house council, and we have eight students this year on the house council, which might be too many, but it really lets us divide up those eight kids into smaller groups and mm -hmm. get stuff done. Right. Um, so they're like a management team now for the house. Right. Um, and it's it works really well. So I think it depends on what the activity you're doing. Um, 
really big groups become much harder to manage. Right. You know, then it's more like you're running a meeting and not <clears throat> doing. Right. Doing you're not work, collaborating. Right? You're not right? collaborating. You're just having a meeting. Right. Um, like a town hall instead of doing the collaboration. Yeah. Four. I'm going to say four to five. Yeah. I, I think Which that... is also my ideal size for a role-playing group. Yeah, you know, five I, people plus the DM. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not counting the the, the, the game, game master in this, right? You know, I think that that your your sort of your your ideal size in your humanities, social sciences disciplines is sort of four or five. Yeah. And in your natural science and math, two or three. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, uh, li- listeners, if you disagree with, you know, with these kind of perspectives, by all means, you know, let us know. And and in this case, I would I would group the world languages with the math, two or three. OK. OK. Because you want students to be obligated to use the language in groups. Right. Right. And you don't want there to be too much time. Okay. Between between when they're called on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, or when their group expects them to engage. Right. Um. And that leads to, you know, kind of when I think about role-playing game groups, I've game-mastered groups as big as a dozen. It's too many. Yeah. Right? And I've had really good role-playing experiences with just two. Right. Right. But I, I think the ideal number is, like, one more than the humanities. So I think it's, like, four to five is the right group size for a role-playing game, five or six. Okay. It depends on the game. Yeah, for right? sure. Depends on the game. More of a storytelling game or one that's got more of a kind of rapid-fire kind of experience, six is okay. Right. Right? Sort of slow and deliberate or worse, very crunchy. Yeah. Lots of, lots of die rolling, lots of uh, kind of math and that kind of thing. Six is too many. Too many. Right. Yeah. Too much um, downtime. Too much downtime. Right. Yeah. It it becomes sort of like a, uh, like a bit like a like a board game that's gone disagreeable. Right. Right. Like you know you and I love the, uh, the. Uh, Lovecraft universe, board games. Yes. Right. But I think both of us would agree that Arkham Horror played with six is yeah. a horror. Right. You know, Eldritch Horror. Play, no, these games, no, even long. though you can, you can't. Right. Right. Uh, I played over the weekend two games of Tales of the Arabian Nights. Yes. You which love I this game. just love this game so much. Um, and it was with three. And that's perfect because everyone had something to do on every turn. So yeah. everyone was engaged in the story. Right. Right. You know, it says it'll play up to six. Right. Mm. Three is correct. Yeah. <laughs> four, four in a pinch. Right. Five and six play something else. Right. Yeah. And so, and so, listeners, what what you need to think about is, what are your end goals? Why are you grouping people? Right. What are these students questing to accomplish? Right. Right. Why have you selected a group modality? Okay. Because you can have characters who are nominally in a role-playing group do all kinds of things individually right? and still maintain their character integrity and their avatar integrity, okay? Without being a member of a party or a group. Right. Or, yeah, or they, they, they could be a member of a party or a guild or something, right? Right. But they're not always doing guild or party, right? Right. 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 And and this is sort of how most MMOs work. I mean, you know, Tracy, you play DDO and I play WoW. Well, WoW has lots and lots and lots of individual components. Right. And lots and lots and lots of social grouped components. Right. Right. Now, when you play as an individual, what are you what are you getting from the experience? I actually rarely play DDO as an individual. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I, so it's almost um, entirely social. Yeah. So for me, okay. um, it's part of the 
allure is the social aspect yeah. um, and being with someone else. But I've played other video games. I, you know, I talked about it a couple episodes ago that I just finished Portal. Yeah, um, right. Which is uh, Portal. The, the original is solo play. You can't play with anyone. Um, and I think, you know, when you're playing by yourself, speaking of resilience, um, you know, there was one, <laughs> one of the levels. Yeah, right. Oh, my lord merciful merciful right it took me forever right because there's just one skill that like my hands can't do right i can't i can't fall to the floor and shoot the floor and then fall through the hole i can't do it yep i always fire too fast and i just land on the floor next to the hole hashtag truth and i had to do it like four times in a row right right and remember which portal to shoot the yellow one or the blue one right so i'm just i mean it probably took me no one's allowed to make fun of me. It probably took me about an hour and a half to beat that <laughs> right, level, I get right? It. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shoot the floor. No, I'm going to shoot myself in the head if I have to do right. this one yes. more time. Yes, if I have to do, like, I had to take a break and sleep and then come uh, back the yep. next day. Yep. Um, I dreamt about Portal that night. Totally. Um, if I had had a, a partner, right, that had those skills, I wouldn't have had to do that. Right. You wouldn't have had to overcome that skill. Right. So when right. I'm well, by myself, right, I can only depend on me. I often will persist longer when I'm doing work by myself. Yep. Um, and I'll learn skills that I might not otherwise learn if I had someone to fall back on. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I totally I totally get that. Yeah. Um, you know, when when I'm playing wow Uh, my wow experience is almost exactly the opposite of yours right okay i mostly play it as an individual Ah. okay and i do that because i find the act of questing and of engaging with the story quite relaxing okay right and uh wow is a beautiful game the art, the art direction of the game is uh, is extraordinary. There are some zones in this game that I just I'll log in and I'll just send a character there. There's no reason to be there. It's just like I just want to look at the zone. Just you know, yeah, looking around. Yeah, I just want to right. I just want to be there. Right. Yeah. Um. So I find that to be you know to be enjoyable because I you know again it's back to sort of tales of the Arabian Nights. I'm interested in the story. I'm interested in how that kind of plays out. Right. Right. And I'm always interested in going back to old places to see things that I might have missed or that yeah. I've forgotten about, right? Um some of the some of the some of the things about playing a game like this for a very long time and you've played DDO a long time too, right? Yes, very right. long time. You know, is the sense of wonder right in finding some places or in yeah. you know seeing some places for the first time, right? Yeah. You know, there's a very famous um, subzone in in WoW called the Dark Portal. Okay, it's it's an essential piece of the lore. Okay, buried in a zone that you have to be when the game launched, you had to be max level to even have a chance of seeing it. Right. Okay. And I can remember the first time I kind of crested a hill, and I saw <laughs> the Dark Portal. I was like, Yeah. Oh, this is the best day ever in this game. You know. <laughs> you know. Uh, when I um, there's a special achievement you get for uncovering for visiting every single zone on both of the continents. Okay. Right. Do you have that? Of course. And yes. and I when I realized oh I was a lot closer to getting it than I realized I started working to actively get it right. Right. And I can I remember exactly where. My main my main character at the time was this was this gnome mage, right? I was like, I can see the gray main wall in the distance, and it just needs to tell me gray main wall, and I'm gonna get achievement, 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 yeah. achievement, tavern, 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 <laughs> boop, 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 you know. Um, and when it showed up, I was like, oh, that's the best thing ever, you know. So when I when I do group stuff, um, it's more. Uh, I, I like to do PvP. Right. Oh, right. you do? Yeah, I do a lot of I do a lot of PvP. Yeah. Okay. Um 
I that's find that player I find versus that player for those player ver- yeah, right, that don't right. know. Right. So player he fights player. other players of the game. Right, right. Um, yeah. yeah, I find that that PvP doesn't take as long to do a particular session and people don't get quite as shouty if you make a mistake. Okay. Right. Whereas in some of the other stuff that, that the game has, uh, I only want to play it with people I know well because, right. you know, I'm not a great game, not a great video game player, right? Particularly since some of these will be like, okay, it's like your portal problem, right? I have to push three, then Q, then three again, and then four, yeah. four, four. Right. Right. And if you if you miss anything, everyone dies. Yeah. Yay. I, yeah. I don't I don't need that in my life. As I said to <laughs> as I said to John once when he was trying to get me to do something, I said, I spend my day being yelled at by people. I don't I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't want, want it in it my in game, game. You know. Yeah. Um so but but you know, li- li- listeners, the the point the point of all this is some of your learners are gonna be more individually focused and some are gonna be more group focused, right? Think about what your goal is. Right. Give the individualists an opportunity to work in that way and then challenge them in these other ways. Right. Right. And the folks who are super social and who want to do only group work, you're going to have to challenge them to, uh, you know, to be an individual as well. Both ways are important. Right. Right. And both ways lead can lead to great learning. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I I, I think that in, in some respects. The social aspect is kind of what makes the party mode of learning what really it's what it's about, right? Right. Right. Let's test an idea between us, right? Does this actually make sense, right? Let's let's confront a challenge and see if we can collectively come up with an answer that might, you know, that might actually solve the problem, right? Right. Right. Um, or like I, I'm teaching entrepreneurship right now, and I've got a, a pretty small class um, this year, seven students. They're divided into two groups, a four and a three, yep. and they're in the middle of doing, uh, you know, a project on identifying a real problem that someone has and creating a solution that that person could actually use. Okay, okay. <clears throat> and. This is an example of you put a group together because if I made this seven individual projects. Yeah. Well, the it's too much work. Right. right. It's too hard it needs, for an individual right. to do. It needs right? to be divided. Yeah. Right. And these two groups have a very different personality and character. They interviewed very different kinds of people and they're likely to, to, to generate very different kinds of prototypes for you know whatever it is they want to do one group is probably going to build a thing okay right essentially a bento organizational strategy for a locker okay okay and the other is trying to to address social problems on campus that they perceive okay and academic problems and they're thinking about designing a peer tutoring program nice Right. Both of those are outstanding solutions. Yep. Right. They would not have been generated by an individual. Right. 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 So I put those groups together in order to accomplish this learning task. Right. And this and this work output. Right. Down the road, I'm going to say to students, you have an individual project just like the first one that we did. You can't accomplish this alone. I am not putting teams together for you. Go out and hire people. Right. Make it it's happen. It's an entrepreneurship class. Make it happen. Yeah. Right? If you can't convince people that your idea is so good that they're going to volunteer their time for you, it's not good it's, enough. It's not good enough. Right. Sorry, kids. Yeah. So um, yeah. how old are the students? High school, 9 through 12. Uh, in your class? Indeed. There, there's 9 through 12? Yep. I, um, I often... Um, find especially for the um, students on the younger end of the high school um, scale so ninth grade and tenth grade that they sometimes have trouble doing group work or collaborative work Mm because I'm I'm not sure they know what exactly they're supposed to do that I'm not sure they know how to interact with each other in the best ways correct or um 
you know, they the most been productive ways. Right. They haven't been taught. But I think um, gamifying it, right, we talked about having characters with skills and avatars and things, um, could be a nice method of scaffolding some of those skills. So if you imagine that, um, you know, a student is in a role of listener, right, or some right. something where that's their special skill is listening, um, and their job is to, you know, listen to what everyone is saying, that's that's going to help someone, yep. I think, you know, become better at interacting in a collaborative environment. Right. So there, I think there's ways that you can build in um, to a party, to a group, um, scaffolding that will help students start to practice some of the skills that we want them to be utilizing when they're collaborating. Exactly. You know, one of the things that video game role-playing games do, <clears throat> it, you know, in what you're talking about, is making sure that when you are working in a group, you have a very distinct group identity, right? Right. So in most of these games, what are they? You've got a, someone who is called a tank. Right. People who are called healers. And then damage dealers, I don't know what you call them in, in, in DDO, but we call them DPS, damage yep. per second. Damage yep. per second. Right. Tank, healer, DPS. Okay. And you can be you can tank in WoW in a bunch of different ways. You can heal in a bunch of different ways. Right. And you can DPS in a bunch of different ways, right? Everyone finds their own their own approach, right? You know, when um and that gives you kind of an identity within the party. I'm a healer, but I'm a healer of a particular kind, right? right? And and that brings not only my character work that I did, like we talked about in the previous sessions, right? Right. That brings my character and avatar work to play, right? Because, you know, for instance, my partner, John, when he heals in WoW, he's a druid. Okay. Nature, nature powers, okay? Yep. Druid healing is... Uh, heal over time effects yeah so you apply a heal over time effect to someone and it like starts off sort of lowish and then it gets at the end it's like bam a big heal right okay okay when i heal i heal with a paladin okay and paladin healing is uh single target big big heals okay okay right it's not heal over time it's when I when I heal you, you're healed. Yes. Okay. And John said something a couple of weeks ago. Well, why don't you just go in with your you know your druid and just heal some dungeons? I said, John, I attempted to druid heal once, <laughs> and after thirty minutes, I thought I was going to have a complete nervous collapse. Yeah. I was so anxious. Right. Yeah. But if in I fairness, I feel like. Healers in general are anxious. <laughs> they are. I mean, having right. played healers in DDO too, like right. for people who don't play these games, I feel like the healer gets blamed the most often if something goes wrong. Right, right. It's like, well, yeah, yeah I, I, I might have been able to heal you more effectively if you weren't standing in the fire. Right. Or, you know, behind that wall where I can't target you. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, and I could I could open up a chat window and text to you, maybe you would be more effective, but I have to heal everyone else yeah. because you're standing behind a wall. Right. You know, that kind so of thing. So in fairness, yeah. but yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the the once you know, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm the tank, so I'm going to be the one who's engaging the boss and keeping the threat on me and taking damage, and I'm healing, so I'm, I'm not going to do any damage. I'm just making sure that everyone else oh, stays yeah. up. I'm right? just standing there. Heals, 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 heals. Heal, heal. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, once you, once you know that, you kind of know what your role is, right? So, so when you talk about a collaborative group, well, there's a value in note taking, right? And there's a value in being the one whose responsibility is to listen to the emotional dynamic of the group, right? right? Your job is to help us maintain our group cohesion. Right. 
if if you think we're losing it, right? Right. And your job is to ask the devil's advocate kinds of questions, right? Right. And of course, everyone is still committed to the learning objective because that's what we say all along, right. right? When I'm talking about these group these group uh, roles, you know, I'm a healer, but my job is to make sure that we kill the boss. Right. Right. I am the person who's responsible for maintaining the group cohesion of our group. Right. But I still need to get an A on that test. Right. I still need to turn in an effective project. That doesn't change. Right. This is this is a veneer, an overlay on that. Right. Does that make sense to you, Trace? It makes total sense. Yeah. Um, when um, yeah, oh. go. Well, I was just gonna say, um, I I've been in really effective cooperative groups. Yes. You know, in work and education, things like that. Um. But playing role-playing games mm-hmm. really, really forces you. <laughs> it's true to work in a productive, cooperative way. Right. Right. Productive and cooperative. Right. Right. Yeah, we're not just getting along. We have to accomplish things. Right. And get along. Right. And yeah. e- even the most kind of. Uh, even the most uh, kind of nebulously structured storytelling role-playing games. Right. Still have an objective. Yes. They're going somewhere. There is going to be an end. The game will end. And there'll be some kind of a resolution. Right? <clears throat> and, you know, if, if, if you've been listening to, you know, to, to us all along... You've heard me talk about Aegon and Aaliyah and Mimicry and Illinks and these kinds of mechanics, right? If Mimicry is your jam, what you want at the end of the Mimicry experience is to feel like you've been part of a story well told. Right. Right? You don't want a miscarriage of the story. Or you've been part of a diplomatic summit. Right. A historical diplomatic summit that was successful. Right. Or you have... You have taken a piece of scientific research that someone did and reduplicated their result. Right. Right. Which of course is what, uh, you know, in some respects, science really cares about. Interesting that you came up with that solution and you showed that experimentally. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Let me put my folks together. Let's do the same thing you did. Oh, we got the same result. Okay. Yeah. All right, you might be onto something, or no one could duplicate no it. Could you know, it's cold it. fusion. Yeah. Right. Oh, so embarrassing. Right. I mean, <laughs> so embarrassing. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, boy. Yeah, I feel sorry for those guys. Yeah. Fleischman and Pons. You know their names. Where did that come from? I don't know. What the? Achievement! Oh. Achievement! Achievement! Holy achievement! Crap. <laughs> I can I can barely remember where I parked my car. I wish that everyone could see the look on his face after he realized he knew that info. Why do I know that? It's like that's like having like uh, you like uh, you like got a little mini stroke and like information (laughs) stroke. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I, I keep I keep that information in the same neurons where I keep like old dead or alive lyrics or yeah. uh, you know right you know where i keep my list of american vice presidents of the 19th century right 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 why why you know good grief sorry okay, listeners back. that just sorry. had a bit I of just, a his face was too much a, okay. right just had a bit of a moment there um okay so let's go back to the the party and the the individual so you know, we talked about roles in a cooperative group. Yes. And I think, you know, that makes perfect sense to you and I, because when you play in a role-playing group, most of the time, 
you work with the other players to cover a wide variety of roles. Right. You don't right. normally have a role-playing group that's all healers, like that's all clerics. Um, right. For example, you could. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, that could be an interesting game, but usually you have, you know, a cleric and um, and a fighter, or a cleric and a monk and an alchemist and a summoner. Right. Um, right. A paladin and a wizard. So right. you're usually <clears throat> trying to spread out um, the skills that yeah. you're working with, yeah. so that. Basically, you have the tools for any problem that you face. Yes. Um, and I and so I, I'm saying I think that, you know, if we put kids into parties for cooperative work, and help them develop those skills. Yes. You know, by assigning them roles. Or yes. Assigning roles to their characters. Yes. And we're helping them to acquire those tools that they'll need moving forward. Right. right. Whatever they happen to be. Right. right. Whatever you decide in your classroom are the skills that, that they need for cooperative work. I mean, I think the right. ones that we've named are really important skills. Um, yeah, I think they're dead on. But right. I think, you know, especially for younger kids... The, the extra scaffolding and sort of, you know, telling the cleric, if there's a cleric or whatever kind of character you've made in your class, telling them that, you know, well, you're good at this. This is yes. your role in a cooperative group. So we're going to practice doing that. Um, you know, when I played a cleric in DDO, I wasn't a good cleric at the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there were, ooh, there were some quests that... <laughs> You know, went, went sideways. Like, just leave me down here in this lava pit and finish the quest. It's right. fine. Right? right. And my friend Jason was like, nope, we're climbing up this mountain together. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, it wasn't. But, you know, by the end, I'm healing raids and, you know, everyone yep. loves me because I'm a cleric and I'll heal 12 people at the same time. Right. But, I, you know, I I wasn't always good at it. That was my class, my role, but I had to learn how to be good at it. Right. Right. And I think we both know, Tracy, that as we move ever deeper into the 21st century, some of these skills like, uh, you know, a collaboration, creativity. Right. Become ever more important in being effective in. In having the agency to decide your own fate. Right. Yes. I, I'm yes. not I'm not interested in creating cogs in a machine. Uh you know, uh, the industrial age model. I'm also not interested in creating, you know, a bunch of sort of like uh, uh, vaguely skilled uh, parent dependent 30 year olds. Right. Right. <laughs> you know what 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 I what I said, what is the purpose of education? It is to uh, ultimately give you. The agency. To have the power to make whatever life makes sense for you right right and to 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 do it in a way that enhances the fact that we live in a democratic society and gives you the problem solving skills to solve any problem you care about yeah right if you can't dignify yourself and dignify others what's what what's what's the point Right. What are we right. doing here? <clears throat> right. And, you know, it, 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 it might seem to people who don't game like, well, that, that seems a lot of a burden to put on a role-playing game. But at the end of the day, if you can heal effectively in a game, you're actually helping someone accomplish a goal. Exactly. Right. And if you can tank effectively, you're carrying a group of people along with you as you right. provide a particular kind of leadership. Right. Right. And if you can DPS effectively, then you're the person who's bringing in all of this data and research and, you know, yeah. don't worry about this stuff, guys. I've got all this sort of this little stuff taken care of. Right. And and that's what that's what effectiveness is. Right. I mean, to me, that's what an effective team looks like to me. Right. 
Right. In both role playing and in in exactly. In, yeah, yeah. In, in gamified instruction, you know. And I and, yeah. Go. Oh, ahead. I was gonna say I'll add. Um, when I started role playing and started playing DDO, I had a tendency to play the sort of the same character type over and over. Um, and now that I've been role playing for a bit longer, I find myself trying different characters. So things yeah. that I don't think I'm good at, um, because I want to learn other skills. So I think it's important if you do something like this in class, you know, once the kid gets to a certain level of proficiency with a certain skill, maybe they have to change right. what their class is or they have to, you know, multi-class or something and switch the role within their group so they become proficient in other skills as well. Indeed. You know, we we sometimes spend time professionally uh, being told, well, this is an area of weakness for you, right? Right. And th- these are areas of strength. And I've come, as I've gotten older and I've worked in organizational settings longer and longer, to really want people to focus on their strengths and to like, okay, let's try to mitigate that negative. But if you spend all your time working in your negative, it's profoundly demoralizing. Right. Right. Yeah. But you have to know what it is first. Yes. Right? If you don't try everything, how are you How are you How gonna are you going to know? Yeah. Right? You know, we all have our blind spots. We're all good at some things, we're not good at other things, right? It doesn't it doesn't mean anything other than what it means. It doesn't mean you're not a bad, you know, there, there are teachers who are great at certain things, teachers who are good at certain things, teachers who are bad at other things, right? Manage what you're not good at and accentuate what you're great at and kids will jam to you. Yeah. Right? Because they know we're people. Even though they're horrified if they see us in the mall. Right. Oh, no. Mine are excited. Really? Oh, yeah. I saw... I was at the movies on Sunday. Yeah. And a kid who I've never even had in class. Hey, Miss Waz! From across the parking lot. <laughs> Horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah. Classic. I, so, yes. Work on things that you're good at. But I think giving kids a chance to try all of the skills is also really important. Right. I really want kids to understand... Even if you're not good at something, you can get better. Intelligence is not fixed. Your skills are not fixed. Correct. Your mastery of skills is not fixed. We can improve all of these things. Correct. Correct. If you don't practice everything, you'll never know what you're sort of, you know, am am I a two at this or am I a five? Right. Right. You may be a five at a thing you've never tried. Right. Right. And if you don't try it, you'll never know. Right. And, you know, as you as you get older and older, make sure that you don't obsess about things where that's not that's not your jam. Yeah. Right. I was having a conversation this afternoon with our athletic director. Right. He's going to take his he's teaching anatomy this year. He's going to be taking his kids into the makerspace. Okay. And he's going to be having students demonstrate that they understand how to. Uh, they understand how the human body is divided and sort of organized okay. as, a, yeah. as, an, as an organism on a test. Then he's going to say, all right, well, now build me, y- you know, a, a, a human model. You know, the, 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 you know, the, the head will be a, a, you know, milk crate and, you know, right, and all right. this kind of stuff. But, you know, show me how all these things fit together. Right. Because his degrees are in sort of exercise science and kinesiology. Right. Yeah. Well, physical therapists care. They don't. They don't care where a thing is. They care about how it's connected, right? What's all the stuff that's holding it together that's causing you your trouble, right? And or not holding it together, or, or not holding it together, right? <laughs> and you know, at some point, you know, he he gestured to me and he said, you know, look, I I understand I'm never going to be the curriculum and innovation director, right? 
but I, I hope that this will be valuable. And I said, Brent, of course it's going to be. Of course you know, it's going to be valuable. I'm, I'm never going to be the athletic director. Right. Sports. Right. Ooh. But sports ball. Right. I'm a, I'm a one. Sports. I'm a one. Right. Yeah. Bowling. <laughs> I'm, I'm bowling. Sports. Bowling. I'm a three. Bowling. Bowling. I'm, a three. I'm like maybe a four. Oh, look at you. Out of out of 100. Right. Or out of 10. No, out of five. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, out of five. You're a three out of five in bowling? I had 170 average when I stopped. Dang. When I moved to Pittsburgh, I had 170 average. Okay, I'm a two. Rock on. Um, I did I did bowl a turkey once. No big deal. What's your best game? 215 or something. That's pretty good. It was, it was great. Yeah. 284. Yeah. Stop. Nine strikes in a row <gasps> to start. Oh, was that like the most saddest thing ever? <laughs> no, because I'm I'm not I mean, I'm not that you good. Get you know, a strike, but when nine you strikes stopped. in a row with oh yeah, you know, <laughs> it was all right, right? I, was, I would have been feeling a lot of pressure. In in the the league I was in, uh, maybe once a season someone would throw a three hundred. Okay, okay, right. So it's not unheard of, right? Uh. And as you get to like seven, eight, nine in yeah. a row, people start coming over to watch. Oh, I know. You start okay. to watch. Yeah, right. That's what did me in. Yeah. Right. I'm like, oh my god, there's twenty people behind me. Ah, you know. Um. So. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't even remember what we're talking about. It's all. It's all. This good. should be episode four. Digressions. <laughs> I've had enough out of you, Tracy. Uh, you know, look, we've gone forty six minutes. Um. I think that that you know, kind of we've established what what folks need to do when they think about individuals and when they think about parties, right? I hope so. Um, Can we, I say we, one more thing? By all means. So we, you know, you wrote some questions out for us to think about. Yep. Yeah. Um, Did we miss one? And you wrote, "What are the qualities of an ineffective party?" Oh, sure. Yeah, we didn't Which really. We do- haven't really talked about. Yeah. And I, and I kind of wanted to, and I think the. Biggest one for me in role playing and professional learning environments, um, the most ineffective thing is when the individual becomes more important than the party. Mm-hmm. So when an individual has their own goals that are somehow unrelated but also supersede the goals of the party yeah and just derails selfishness yeah everything right and that could be you know that could be like i just want to be a joke and i want everyone to laugh at me all the time Mm -hmm. and not take this seriously um it could be um you know well my character doesn't want to do this mission because I'm just being a pain in the ass today. Yeah, because reasons. Because right? reasons that yeah. don't matter and that because don't have I'm, anything I'm, to do with this. Yeah. Right, I'm being an asshat. Right. Because I'm because that's what I'm going to do right now. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So I think, especially if we're thinking about it in an educational setting, you know, if you have students that have made characters that have individual goals and traits, you want to make sure that nothing is going to interfere with collaborative work correct that none of those traits or goals are gonna prevent a character from from wanting to achieve the goals of a group yeah right right yeah that has to be that goes back to lesson design right right you know if you're doing if you're doing something that is best done in a group you should be able to explain to group members what their role is, why they're doing what they're doing. But I don't like group work. I I understand that, right? But in this case, I'm going to measure how effectively you do whatever within the group because it's a skill that matters. And so be mindful that what I'm going to be looking for are these things, Right. right? And I'm going to I'm going to be observing the way your group works and you as a group member are going to be observing how your group members work. Right. Right. And. Um, and that can get you part of the way. Right. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, a, you know, a recalcitrant student will. 
will work extra hard to sabotage what you're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, I often find that you know you 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 pull them aside one on one after after a class when they've been a pill, right? Right, and say, look, yeah. this is what I've observed. Right. Right. What? Where are we going with this? This is not what we're. This is not what we're looking for. Right. What's the What's your goal? Yeah. What's your goal here? Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's probably the 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 height of sort of ineffectiveness, right? Yeah. For it's, me. It, yeah. 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 Placing your individual concerns before your own, uh, dismissing the legitimate talents and skills of you know of of your of your party members yeah. uh playing outside of your lane right yes. uh you know i'm 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 the uh i'm a dpser but i'm gonna always be kind of well if i were tanking i would be I bu- would bu- 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 yeah. right uh undermining sort of party cohesion yeah right uh what's well, like well, if that's what you wanted to do and it was a free choice, you should have done it. Yes. Right? And if it's not a free choice, then, you know, you as the teacher have to say, the character you're playing in this context doesn't do that. Doesn't do that. Right? You do. You know, you, Tracy Wozenegger, do that, and you're great at it. But right now we're working on this skill. Right. But I need you to be over here a little bit. Right? And I know that's hard. Right? But that's what I need you to, you know, that's what I need you to do, and that's that's what... you're going to be you're going to be measured on right which is it's hard yeah right it is it is uh you know and, and of course there's the ever-present well I, i'm gonna choose to be the class clown or i'm gonna disengage or yeah you know but that's true across the profession of teaching R- correct right that 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 transcends a gamified modality in fact you choose a gamified modality in the hope that you you minimize that 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 potential outcome yeah yeah at least that's the goal it's always the goal yeah yeah Yeah. uh well tracy i think our digressions aside and my fleischman and pawns notwithstanding (laughs) i think we've been a pretty decent group today Uh, i hope people enjoy it i certainly do i I was gonna say the same right our five visitors last week from iceland yes right (laughs) what if you know they're individual visitors? No, it could be one person who came five like, times. Five times. Yep. Yeah. But I know that there were five five visits okay. <laughs> from Iceland because I looked at the map. This is the most exciting thing for it's you, gra- isn't it? Well, when I made that reference, I, I was like, okay, well, now Tracy's giving me grief. Let me go see, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, folks, as always, we, we're delighted for the feedback and, uh, you know, the comments uh, we've got a big Facebook group uh, called Join Game Level Learn. Join the Discord. We've got the Discord channel. You're going to see uh, a link to that in the show notes. And uh, and we look forward to joining you next time when Tracy and I chat a little bit about campaign design. Yeah. Okay. It's a big one. And Yeah, it's a big one. And... Uh, there'll be a lot of practical details in the, you know, in the show notes for that episode. Uh, episode five, I think we're probably about halfway through when we get through the next one. You know, yeah, yeah, not quite sure whether this is a, a ten or you know a twelve or however many, but I think we're getting close to halfway. So, thanks again, folks. Thank you. Okay, bye, Trace. Bye.